Hi, I'm Richard Randall, and welcome to The Real Estate Voice with Barb Schlinker, owner of Your Home Sold Guaranteed Realty. This is the weekly radio show that informs and educates you on how to buy or to sell real estate with Barb Schlinker, Colorado Springs Real Estate Authority. Barb Schlinker is a retired Navy veteran. Barb is an author. Barb Schlinker is a pilot, and Barb enjoys all that Colorado Springs has to offer with her amazing, amazing international team, I might add. Barb, always great to be talking with you. And as many people know, I'm a lawyer and I'm aware that selling real estate is actually a form of practicing law in some ways. Home sellers do not sell homes frequently. What are some of the legal mistakes to avoid when you're selling a home? Well, I believe only lawyers want to get dragged into lawsuits. I hate to say that. I know you're a lawyer, but for most people, Lawsuits are very expensive and, in most cases, very, very frustrating. And there are some subtle details to handle that can turn minor problems into major problems if they're not handled correctly. So in this segment, we're going to walk through the legal mistakes to avoid before listing your house for sale. And we're going to talk about all the different ins and outs of legal issues. My name is Barb Schlinker. I'm with Your Home Sold Guaranteed Realty Colorado, and I help people buy and sell homes. And you know what? In the state of Colorado, all of the real estate agents are licensed as brokers, and they're licensed to, quote, practice law by filling out the forms for people to buy and sell real estate. It saves uh, the public money so they don't have to hire an attorney for every little thing. But sometimes there are some issues with it. So if you want to uh, give our office a call at any time and you have any questions, our number is 719-301-3900. We actually are offering a free report today about the legal mistakes to avoid. So let's move on. Let's talk about this. Um, first of all, one thing that you should know is that there are, there are easily things that can cause all kinds of legal problems when you sell a home. One of them is if the property is misrepresented. And I mean, not just by you, the home seller, but also by the agent. So whatever has, is posted up online has to be truthful. Um, and the state law requires that both the agents and the home seller disclose all adverse facts. So those are broken things about the house. Um, and it's, it's not necessarily every little repair that you went through. It could be some other things like, um, let's, let's look at what our state disclosures that actually require the seller to disclose if these items ever had problems. One of them is it's ever had structural problems. If it's ever had water issues. Now, what they mean, what I believe they mean is not a plumbing leak. That's pretty normal. That's sort of like just a repair. What they're talking about is water coming in, groundwater coming in from the outside. Also a fire, flood, hail, settling windows or stucco problems. And you know, one time I sold a house back, oh, it was probably 15 years ago. And it was really pretty. The house had been completely remodeled. I was representing the buyer and we went through the inspection and it inspected fairly well. Then the buyer reached out to me and said, hey, Barb, I went to get my homeowner's insurance and I found out because my insurance agent told me that there was a major fire in this house. 
and it was still an open claim. The dollar amount of the open claim was more than half of the sales price of this home, and it hadn't been closed out. So my insurance agent said, hey, I can't insure this house unless this, this gets finalized and resolved. And, of course, I kind of went to Red Alert because I know that they have to disclose this kind of damage. And for some reason, the agent didn't do it. The seller didn't do it. And it was so funny. They had a restoration company actually do the whole rehab. One of the things that they forgot to put in the house on the rehab were, of all things, smoke detectors. So, anyway, um, so you, you just have to really be careful. But you don't want to open the door to be in a lawsuit for something like that. Here's something else that you must disclose, and that is whether or not uh, you have a homeowners association. And what they mean by that is a mandatory homeowners association. The voluntary ones, I call them like social clubs. You can be a member or not be a member. They don't have any authority to lean your house. It's the ones that you have to pay dues to either in, on any kind of regular basis. They have the power to lean your house. So those are the ones that per state law, you actually have to disclose everything you know about the homeowners association. In 2005, the state changed the law because there were some home buyers actually buying homes and finding out later after they did a little bit of due diligence and learned more about the HOA was that there were some homeowners associations that were in the midst of these huge lawsuits and they were going to have to absorb the legal fees of these expenses of these homes that they bought. And they found out after they purchased the home. That's not the time to find out. So the state changed the law and they required that home sellers have to disclose all kinds of documents about the HOA, most of which are not available online and they don't show up in the title search. So when you do a title search, the title company will send out to the buyers and the sellers and the agents a copy of the covenants, anything recorded against the property. But most of the HOA documents are not actually recorded. Things like the financials of the HOA, the minutes to the um, director's meeting, the minutes, the annual minutes to the meeting of the HOA, uh, any kind of bylaws, any rules about the HOA. I remember I, I owned a house as a rental a number of years back up in, in uh, Woodmore <laughs> in Monument. And they have a lot of rules. The problem is most of their rules are not recorded. So you've got the covenants, which you think are the rules, but there was another set of rules and it was called the design guidelines, which I as a homeowner assumed that that meant that you were actually building or adding on or something like that. You would use those guidelines if you're building a house. But in fact, there were all kinds of HOA rules in there. And one of them was that when you replace the roof, you had to put a 50-year composite shingle on the roof. Those are much more expensive than the standard shingle. And when that development was first developed, they mandated that everybody have the wood shake shingle, which, of course, in this climate, after the Hayman fire that took place up north, uh, people figured out that that probably wood was probably not a great product to have on our roofs. So, um, you know, I didn't know that. I replaced the roof and it became a big drama mama. And I got called in before the long Spanish Inquisition. And it was quite an experience. I won the case, but it made me not really be in love with HOAs. Um, 
Okay, so that's one of the things that we have a lot of experience with. It's hard to find some of this document, these documents for the homeowners. And uh, the state, as well as uh, litigation, could impose some very hefty fines if, and the buyer could sue them if they don't get all of their documents. So my team and I are used to doing this all the time. We know how to help the sellers to get the information that they have to disclose to the buyers so you don't get in trouble with that. And then the third and one of the most important things uh, that's been going on kind of more recently that's really a big deal is that wire fraud. So you might hear some uh, uh, about some of this in the news. So basically wire fraud is when there's a, a email communication between buyers, sellers, title companies, okay? And they're talking about getting ready to close. So the buyer would need to wire their down payment money to the title company in order to close. So um, typically there'll be a communication to the title company saying, hey, where do I send my down payment funds? Here's the problem with that is there's hackers out there and the hackers are actually going in and posing on email as if they are the title company. And these guys are really good. They're using logo. They're using the same name as the closer. It looks real, except for there's one thing that's different in their email address instead of Susie Jones closer at X title, it's Susie Jones closer at Gmail or, or X title gmail.com, something like that. So um, there's something different about it. And it actually happened to me almost. I was at a closing, I was representing the buyer. And what had happened is the lender actually um, sent the money to, uh, uh, they reached out to the title company and said, hey, I need to send your, the money for the loan. It was like $225,000. And so somebody replied to them, looked just like the title company, except for the email wasn't exactly the same, and said, oh, send your money here. So the lender said, okay, fine, I'll send the money. So they started the wire and actually sent over 200000 to this, what they thought was the title company. It turned out to be somebody that was hacking into these emails and trying to steal money and take it offshore. 15 minutes later, the title closer sat down at her desk and saw her email and replied and said, oh, here are our wire instructions. And then the lender went, well, wait, you just responded to me and told me the wire was going here. And she goes, no, that wasn't me. So the, fortunately, the, the lender uh, got it sorted out and they were able to stop the wire before it left their bank. But there has been billions of dollars lost from these kind of transactions. So we sit down, we talk about our buyers and our sellers about how careful they need to be when they're wiring money from their accounts to a title company. Don't rely on email, get the piece of paper, make sure it's going to the right place and don't, don't let email jump in the way. Richard? You're listening to The Real Estate Voice with uh, myself, Richard Randall, as well as Barb Schlinker of Your Home Sold Guaranteed Realty. You really don't want to have those kinds of problems. And one of the ways to avoid it is to have somebody who's had the experience of dealing with this year after year after year. If you're interested in selling or buying your home, call Barb at 719-301-3900. We're talking with Barb about amazing rises in values in real estate market, even during this pandemic Barb, what are some of the other legal mistakes that homeowners should be looking out for? 
Well, um, one of the things that I see all the time when I'm dealing with contracts on the homes that we're selling is that the agents like to make themselves look like they're masters of the universe for legal documents. And the reality is we are only licensed to, quote, practice law by filling out the forms. That's it. So sometimes they'll create these big, long paragraphs in blue ink. That's how you know they've, they've handwritten the paragraph. And some of them are absolutely ridiculous. The other thing they do is include their own forms we were not authorized to use, at least we weren't. Maybe their brokers at their company were, but we weren't authorized to explain them to our clients. So it forces me to have to hire an attorney to explain a form that another brokerage created. If it's not endorsed by our division of real estate, I will not let my clients sign it because it's probably something that could completely alter the contract and get my clients into a lot of trouble. The state forms are sufficient. There's a few things I squawk about that I don't like, but at the end of the day, they get the job done and you don't need to alter it with these big, bold, blue paragraphs that really do expose the seller to a lot of litigation. Here's an example. I'm just going to quote the last sentence of this massive paragraph that was stuck into one of my contracts. So it asks the seller to disclose any other, and I quote, any other documentation and or disclosures in the seller's possession that could affect the future value of the property and or the buyer's ownership and or use of the property. So I don't know how anybody would know what the buyer plans to do with the property. And I certainly, the seller can't predict the future, so they're not going to know anything that affects the future value of the property. And to be honest with you, I think what happens with these provisions is these agents see them in the, they see them used in their business and they go, oh, that's cool. Maybe I'll just cut and paste that provision and stick it in my contracts and protect my buyer. And this, this opens the door for major lawsuit city. Don't you think, Richard? I really think it is. That kind of boilerplate is a problem, and you're exactly right. As a former attorney, I've seen attorneys do this over and over and over again, where they see something and they think it protects somebody. They just cut, paste, slap it in there, and it goes from there. We're talking with Barb Schlinker, the real estate voice. Barb Schlinker, if your home sold, guaranteed realty. Give her a call at 719-301-3900. If you're thinking of making a move, call Barb. Barb has the buyers.com if you want a free report on how to avoid the three legal mistakes before you list your Colorado Springs area home for sale. Visit Barb Has the Buyers. Go up to the green button in the upper right-hand corner. It says free reports, and you can get it there. When we come back, we're going to be discussing do home sellers have to pay taxes on the profit when they sell their homes?